Welcome to another wonderful Warrior Wednesday. I'm so glad you're joining us here today at Protectors Toolkit on our Warrior Wednesday broadcast. It seems like forever since I've been here with you all, and I'm so overjoyed to be here tonight. I thought about this all day. Uh, I was out in my patrol car for a little bit today, uh, and man, I just really was getting pumped up and energized to be here at Warrior Wednesday tonight. And tonight for a great topic, talking about scenario-based training, training or scenario-based learning. But let's get to, let's get you aligned about who or what Protectors Toolkit is all about? Well, we have a guiding biblical principle here at Protectors Toolkit. It's Proverbs 18:15, and it says this, an intelligent heart acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. And that's really what we're all about here at Protectors Toolkit. We've acquired, I've acquired knowledge uh, over a, a long period of time, both the military and in civilian um, uh, law enforcement roles. And it is just my heart to give back to the church community, the church warriors, the church protectors, you guys and gals, who show up at your church on Sundays to make sure that there's a safe and secure worship environment for everybody on your campus. In the easy to read version of the Bible, it says it this way too, wise people want to learn more, so they listen closely to gain knowledge. And you warriors are, are just that. I call you warriors because it's very plainly put into the Bible. In Exodus 15, three, the Lord is a warrior, the Lord is his name. And we are created in his image as we know in that book that I like to go to every day for a lot of wisdom. The Bible, it tells us that we're created in his image. So you are warriors. When you choose to put yourself on the line to protect others, you are in my book, a warrior. Carson, I see you joining us tonight from San Angelo. Ray Coates, always glad to see you there, sir. Love to have you guys out there so much. Uh, thank you so much out there. Uh, we are going to talk about the scenario learning tonight. Well, when you come into the room, wherever you are, please let us know where you're listening from. I like to see uh, how many guests we get. And of course, we always want your comments and feedback throughout the broadcast. This makes it easy for me to talk right to you and answer maybe some questions you're already having about scenario-based learning or scenario-based training um, at your church. Maybe you've already done that. Now, I'll just tell you, Navy SEAL Richard Marchenko said it best. The more you sweat in training, the less you bleed in combat. That's absolutely true. You know, I've had a very, very good, long military career. And the military, the Army, uh, the United States Army is really embedded in my DNA. Uh, if you didn't have that when you went there, they sure embed it in your DNA while you're there. I'll just tell you that. Um, and it gave me a wealth of uh, attitudes and axioms, which I use every day. I don't know um, if my kids like it or not, or my wife likes it or not, but it is something, uh, some things that I've just put into myself and it cross over to my everyday life. One of my favorites that I've had uh, in my career has just stuck with me, even when I went into law enforcement, special operations, uh, or SWAT teams, stuff like that, sniper teams, and even working overseas. One of the things that always stuck in me was train hard, fight easy. I'll say that again, train hard, fight easy. That translates a lot of different ways, but what it means to me is I put my best effort into my training, so my fight, if I ever have a fight, is easy. It's a four-word mantra. It managed to capture so much of how a strong, prepared approach to present hardship, whatever you're going through in a crisis, can be easier. It should be easy for you because you put the work in on the front side in your training. And that's what training, specifically in scenario training, will do for us. It would make us 
more prepared and it'll make us a better protector for those people that are in the church planning and and hoping for our success in our mission if we ever have to face a crisis it helps us to build our mind when we put in the thoughts of train hard fight easy it helps us to build our mind when we do scenario based learning as well it makes a body connection for us you know what we say is the body cannot go where the mind or the brain has never been the body cannot go where the brain has never been and we hear that over and over again but what does that really mean it means we've got to put the hard work in on the front side we've got to impress upon our body this is how we're going to prepare and fight in a crisis and then maybe that fight is easy for us so let's let's get closer aligned with what we're doing here at protectors toolkit and talk about scenario based learning now if you're taking notes at home what I recommend is the Warrior Wisdom Journal. Come on, it's on Amazon. It's the Warrior Wisdom Journal, and I'll tell you what I do. I go to the, I go to every page that I need in here, and I can I can write down what I'm listening to, whether it's a podcast or a training like this. And I take all my notes in there. I get all my points in there. I highlight everything that I want to remember, and it's an easy to capture format. So no matter where I go, uh, training events, I go to classes and anything like that or listening to a podcast i take the notes in there and it's a ready reference for me so go get that warrior wisdom journal out there if you're taking notes don't forget jim i see you out there from woodstock georgia love you brother shalom to you as well um make sure if you're coming in right now you're you're getting out there and you're sharing this content right now hit that share button down at the bottom you know somebody who's going to be blessed by this because you're being blessed by it so share with them right there so what are we talking about with scenario-based training or scenario-based learning? It's a training approach designed with the student in mind, the people participating in it. We design it based on what we want them to learn and what we want them to know. When done correctly, it aligns with the job performance we are expecting from them and what we expect them to achieve once the training is complete. So it is training that is developed based on what we want the outcome to be as well. New tasks or procedures that we're implementing or getting new people into our team, um, we're, we're simulating during the training, immersing our learners into our learning environment, into situations where they then are allowed to practice their skills. Remember, train hard, fight easy. Uh, they safely learn from their mistakes and they acquire valuable experience. Not only them, not only the individual learner, but think of your team as a whole, acquiring experience as a whole. If you have new people injected into your team or you're a new team just starting or even a more seasoned team that's been doing it for a while, scenario-based learning will allow you to coalesce and come together even more to figure out strengths and weaknesses. Because this type of training is more relevant to the learner, for the student, for your team members, participants are often more motivated to learn. Now, I don't know about you at your church, what your experience has been. Drop it in the comments if it's different than mine, but sometimes the training we have is boring. Am I right? I'll say that again because I'm not too afraid to admit it. Sometimes the training we put on is simply boring. Whether If it's talking about fire extinguishers and we're not actively using them, we're talking about exit strategies, exiting out of a building, and we're not doing it, that gets very boring for the learner. And what does it do for our volunteers? Well, maybe it makes them not be a volunteer anymore. If the training is over and over and over again, boring for them, maybe it's not as glamorous as they thought it was going to be. We're definitely not slinging guns everywhere on Sunday. So we want to engage the learner. We also are, when we do this, we're valuing them and their time. When we engage the learner into the learning and immerse them into the learning experience, we are valuing them and their time and we're getting more out of them. 
So scenario-based learning or SBLs, if you want to call it that, or SBT, uh, scenario-based training uses interactive scenarios a lot of time to support the active learning strategies. Um, these are problem-based or case-based. You can uh, make them either way, but there's two main types uh, for scenario-based learning. Number one is a tabletop exercise. Uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna break these both down for you, but tabletop is one of them. And the other one is either role-playing or drills. They, they're pretty much the same. So tabletop is one of them. And the other way for scenario-based learning is role-playing or drills. So both of these types, they normally involve team members working their way through a storyline, uh, whatever we give them, whatever we pre-prepare for them, usually based around a structured uh, or complex problem, which they're required to solve, right? So let's talk about tabletop exercises just for a minute. Now, uh, it, it's just what the name implies. These are tabletop. These are guys and gals of your team sitting in small groups around a table. Now, now, if you are a small size church and you only have a handful of members, you can all come together at that tabletop and still get a lot of value out of this type of training. The groups or teams sit around a table and a moderator, the team leader, um, gives out the pre-made scenarios for the group to talk through. So um, what you would do is you'd have a pre-made scenario that you can read, put on a whiteboard, put up on a projector slide, however you want to do a hand them a slip of paper. Um, then they start talking through the scenario, right? The moderator or the, the team leader then uh, add in variables to make the scenario further. Now, I, I would just tell you this, it quite, quite frankly, it sounded to me uh, when I started doing these, it sounds like a Dungeons and Dragons uh, thing from the old days, right? So grab your 20 sided dice and get in there and, and handle some of these scenarios. And then we'll throw some variables in there for you as well. These are now the tabletop is less active than the drills, but they can help you greatly in your ministry, in your team. They expose gaps in your capabilities, the things that you have to help you. They can expose gaps in your abilities or the abilities of your team members where they may lack some abilities or we may expose people who have greater abilities than what we knew or thought. And it will expose gaps in your policy possibly. So we're still getting a lot of bang for the buck out of having tabletop exercises, and it's not as um, it's not as hard to put together tabletop exercises as it is the role playing or the drills, which I'm going to discuss here in a minute. So understand that the tabletop is a lot easier, uh, but again, they, they both of these need some advanced planning. We're not just going to do a hey you type of training or hey it's Sunday and I forgot we need to get a training in. We don't try to do that in the church safety and security space because that doesn't value people's time. Maybe they have other commitments and they can't come to that training because we did it um, uh, uh, ad hoc or we did it right then at the moment. So these also require, as I said, most uh, less setup, but the, and they can be they can be conducted just about anywhere, the tabletop exercises. So let's talk now uh, the other side of that, the role playing or the drills for SBL scenario-based learning or scenario-based training. They tend to be more active and involved, and we definitely want that within these types of training. They require more advanced preparation than, than the tabletop exercises as well. You will need some advanced preparation in the tabletop. We're going to do that for you here at Protectors Toolkit. Don't worry about that. I'll share that with you here in a second, uh, both of these actually. Uh, you want to have enough attendees or students to make uh, the training valuable. Again, you small churches, don't worry. If you only have a handful, five, four people on your team, you're still going to get value out of these types of trainings right here. You want to have enough role players, though, also to make the training impactful. 
listen to what I said. You want to have enough students that are engaged in the training, but you also want to have enough role players to make the training impactful. So what does that sound like to you? Well, it sounds like you shouldn't be using your team members necessarily for role players. Now, listen, if you have a large 50-man team, that's easy to break up and get some role players out of that. I give it to you. Go. Knock it out. Get it all done. That's awesome. But by and large, for the majority of us, we don't have those large 50-man uh, teams that we're running for church safety and security. So we want to try to recruit some additional role players. Now, these can be uh, what I recommend sometimes is people from the church. But let me talk uh, to you about this first so you understand this. The critical component you have the role players is to bring, uh, you have the right role players to bring about your intended outcomes. And I will just tell you this right now, this is something you should be writing down if you're taking notes. A bad role player can ruin an otherwise good training. A bad role player can ruin an otherwise good training. So when you're thinking about role players to have come participate, you may want to ask the local police department. Make sure you're partnering up with them and letting them know what the outcome that you're intending is um, and also the, the age group of people that they're going to be working with. You can also recruit with, from within your church. Now, this has a couple added bonuses if you can get role players from within your church. Number one, you may get the guy or gal who was maybe on the fence about joining the safety and security team and you expose to them the type of training you have and who you are and what the team is all about. And maybe that's enough to recruit them to your team. Also, you may get the people who have the ear or even the purse strings uh, from within the church. These are the guys and gals maybe that are on the board or make some sort of monetary decisions within the church or they know the people that make the monetary decisions with the church. When they attend as a role player, they get a lot out of it as well. And maybe that's enough for them to take it back to the board and say, hey, we need to fund this team a little bit more. They're doing excellent training out there with the small budget we gave them or no budget that we gave them. If that happens to be you out there, I understand that for sure. And so we want to have those people included as well. We also don't want people who are easily injured or easily offended when we're picking from maybe within our congregation. And this is probably something you need to discuss within the team because the team will have some sort of ideas or understanding of the people you're trying to pick as role players and let them speak into that as well. There may be this, some people out there that you don't know their background or know their history or know what they're all about. We, do, we definitely don't want to get people injured and we definitely don't want to hurt people's feelings uh, just by being a role player. We want to engage with them as much and we want to appreciate them. So figure out a way to appreciate the role players that do come in for you. Uh, to help you out. So you may be asking yourself, Guy, how can I start scenario-based learning? That's a great question. I'm glad I'm here to answer that for you. Go to protectorstoolkit.com. That's what I can tell you. Become a member. And you're all, we have already done for you tabletop exercises that you can start in our protector plan. Our protector plan, we give you the six basics of developing scenario-based learning as well. I want you to have the basics of developing it before you get the actual tabletop exercises so you understand how you can also make your own. I'm going to give you a ton of them. They're going to be based on a lot of different scenarios that you will experience or probably have already experienced at your church. These are great tabletop exercises. And I also give you two um, variants to add in there as well or variables to add in there as well per each exercise. So this is already done for you thing. Listen, at protectorstoolkit.com, we're all about giving you the one thing you can't buy off the shelf, and that's time. I want to give you time back in your day to develop the ministries that you want into the safety and security space. So I'll give you the first one. that you, If you are a member of Protectors Toolkit, the first one 
of the six basics of developing your scenario-based learning or scenario-based training is this. The first thing you want to do is identify the learning outcomes. You want to identify what do we want to take away from this? What learning do we want to occur? It's important to identify what you want your team to achieve at the completion of the scenario. You also don't want to set them up for failure where they can, where they only fail and fail and fail. Believe me, when I go out in the public and I travel all over the nation, I do scenario-based training for churches, um, I can make a team fail. I can, I can make sure everybody on that team gets shot or taken out in some way, form, or fashion. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm very, very sneaky. Here's the thing. It does no good for that team to fail over and over again. And it will not do any good for your team if you're developing these two. And then you want to work backwards from that. What is the outcome that we want to achieve uh, at the completion of the scenario and work backwards from that uh, with the learning outcomes to create the perfect situation that will lead to the learning outcome that you want. We call this backwards planning. So that's the first one that you'd see as a member over at Protectors Toolkit. Now, so let, let's go into the, I'm gonna give you two scenarios that we've developed at Protectors Toolkit. That if you had the, the tabletop exercise leadership guide uh, at the protector plan, we have the tabletop exercise leadership guide for you with all the scenarios spelled out in there. Here's scenario number one, it's based on weather, severe weather. Scenario is given to the team like this scenario. You're outside on roving patrol when you notice a funnel cloud in the distance. I would put that, I have these laminated for my church guys. I put that down in the middle of the table for the group that is gonna discuss that. And then I let them start discussing that amongst themselves. As they're discussing that and coming up with plans, what they're going to do, then I'll take another laminated card that goes with this and I'll throw in a, a variable for them. The variable is this, while ensuring the children's ministry uh, is moving towards shelter, uh, you two students begin to have panic attacks and are running around. So now there's another variable that just came into this. You're outside on roving patrol. Kids are outside playing. You notice a funnel cloud, and now you throw in a variable to them. The kids are having panic attacks. Now what are they going to do? So now we're stepping into uh, advanced thinking, not just I got to go report this funnel cloud, but no, we, we're, we have added into that. And then I'll throw another variable in there. Uh, when you're tending to the stu two students that are having panic attacks, the power then goes out for the whole church. So you can see how we stack these on. Uh, easy scenario, then I throw a variable in there, and then another variable in there. And now the thought process of the team, they're coalescing, they're coming together, and they're developing based on their capabilities, their abilities, what is policy, and what do they know about the, out the, the layout of your church, right? So uh, scenario number two that I have in there as well under weather, uh, you're in church, services just started, and you get a weather alert for a tornado watch. So I throw this again out to the team. Now this starts to thinking, what is a watch and what is a warning? They should know that. It's in the policy manual. Uh, and then they'll discuss that amongst themselves. And then again, I'm going to throw a variable in there for them. While you're reacting to the tornado watch, it begins to rain extremely hard, and the lights inside the church start to flicker. Now they have a variable to stack into. They got the watch. They're trying to figure out the difference between a watch and a warning. And then as they're going through that, I'm going to throw in another variable to them. Now the variable number two is you're dealing with a tornado watch and the lights flickering. The Sunday school director radios you and says that kids are beginning to panic. So you can see how we layer these on with the variables. And this, now again, I'm getting my team to start thinking through the process. And what am I doing really? I'm making that mind-body connection. The body cannot go where the mind has never been. So now I'm getting them to connect to where are the where are the shelter in place locations that they can go to? 
What is going to happen if the power goes out? Are they going to need additional lighting? Where is that additional lighting? So you see what we're doing when we're developing these tabletops. So that's all there. That's all in the protectors, uh, protectorstoolkit.com and the membership. You go to the leadership guide and there's a ton of tabletop scenarios in there for you. Uh, already done for you. Just want to give you time back in your day. So let's talk about role playing or the drill type uh, scenario based learning. So what makes a great scenario? Well, I'm going to give you six right now suggestions. These are things that we've proven uh, in, in our in-person training over and over again. These are things that we've taken away from our in-person training when we develop these and bring them to your church uh, all over the nation. These are the six things um, that make what we call a great scenario. So when I'm building scenarios to bring to your church, these are the things that I consider when I'm building these scenarios for you. Number one, relevance is crucial. Number one, relevance is crucial. When you're determining your scenario, you identify the points that are most challenging for your student, for the learner, for your team member, and the most critical to perform the job successfully. Forcing your students or your team members through a lengthy scenario when the content is pretty straightforward and boring and easily applied, it's not critical to the work they'll be performing and it will bore the snot out of them. So if it's pretty straightforward and it's boring, but it's long and protracted, that's really not driving towards having great scenarios and great learning outcomes from your student. Number two is we keep it simple. That's a, simp that's a principle that I've kept for my whole life from entering into the military to even today, keep it simple. And there's another S on there. Uh, you can determine what that stands for for you if you wanna share that with your students, but keep it simple. Provide enough detail to create interest but we remember the purpose of why we're here. It's not just to entertain. There will be some entertainment value in it, no doubt, but that's not why we're here. Your goal is not to write the great American novel. Your goal also is not to make your students fail. We keep it simple. Learners, your students, your team members want interesting and efficient learning experiences. Trust me, they do. Don't be afraid to let your learners infer some of the details that they need to put in there, right? And we often describe things in more detail than is necessary. Believe it or not, people can fill in the blanks if you're leading them along a path. Uh, in fact, we want a common storytelling device is to intentionally leave out details. And that all great stories are like that. They want the reader to fill in some of the details. And we do that in our scenario-based training that we bring to your church. Number three, we create meaningful decision points. Meaningful Decision point. These are where scenarios often fail. I've been to a lot of scenario-based learnings where they just crumble uh, because they're not meeting these six things that I think are so, so vitally important to doing really good scenario-based learning. Uh, we write answer options that challenge the learner. We give them options to succeed. Uh, we encourage reflection throughout the process and require them to think deeply about what they've learned as well. Not everything is gonna be deep thought. Uh, where are fire extinguishers? Go get one, bring it to us. But we make sure that it is meaningful to them by the scenario. Just um, Distractors are often the most difficult part, though, of writing or getting done with a scenario-based learning. Uh, these are the things that split the attention of the student. So just like the variables from the tabletop exercises, the more you can sort of split their attention between two different things, uh, the more you may have meaningful outcomes and, and maybe expose some gaps in abilities. Uh, maybe some gaps in policies and maybe some gaps in capabilities as well. One of those that, that I uh, consistently expose when I travel around the nation, 
Uh, I have a scenario that I do where it exposes if you don't have an AED and in uh, a, a three and three minute response time, minute and a half there, minute and a half back, we're going to start losing the patient. And I can't throw that variant in until the person gets back from running wherever they had to go to get the AED. So now we're exposing, hey, there's maybe a gap in policy or a gap in capabilities. So maybe we need to either get another AED or we need to put this AED closer to the bulk of the people who will be needing it, right? So, and during the analysis phase, we identify the most common misconceptions and mistakes uh, learners make, and we put these into our notes so we can make sure we're having the right outcomes. We also wanna make sure number four is we're providing the right amount of feedback at the right time, the right amount of feedback at the right time. Sometimes the feedback is an afterthought and the feedback is sometimes there is, is a lot of times the reason we're there. If we need to make a correction, we make it as it happens sometimes, uh, if it's appropriate to the role playing or the scenario that's playing out. Uh, but for sure, we wanna make sure we make it at the end. We wanna go step by step in why, we're, uh, why this was a failure or a gap was exposed or an opportunity showed up and what could have maybe been done. So this is, a, this is a, again, a branch that comes off of our learning in the, in, the, in the feedback where you did this, that wasn't successful. What do you think you could have done better? And we get that feedback also from the students. We wanna make sure we're, we're giving enough detail uh, and guidance to help the learner or the student know why the decision was correct or incorrect, okay? When possible, we always design here at Protectors Toolkit, we design our scenarios so the, the student can experience the feedback through sometimes consequences in the situation. Uh, and number five in this, in the, in the six uh, steps to getting better outcomes for your scenario-based learning is, is show rather than tell. To the extent possible, use character dialogue to let the story unfold. Again, this is why it's so important we don't use team members for our role players. We wanna have good scenario-based cards that we can give to the role players that we're going to be using and they can get into character. This is, think of this like if you've ever been to a dinner theater and you were part of it or a murder mystery uh, thing where you were part of it, you became part of the cast and you got a script and you also got a character who you are, what your motivations are and all that. So you wanna try to get into that as much as possible as a role player. So you wanna give that to the role player so they can get into that character for you. You also wanna set some boundaries there. Hey, we're not gonna to touch people. We're not gonna whip out a gun, uh, a plastic or fake gun at this time uh, during this scenario. Then again, that brings me to another good point. If you're gonna have role playing and scenarios, that area absolutely has to be free of all live weapons and ammunition. All live weapons and ammunition. Whatever you do in that, we if you've ever been to a Protector's Toolkit training, you know that's one of the biggest things that we do in our role-playing and any of our firearms training is safety is paramount. Safety is first. Nothing happens without safety happening first. So make sure you're doing that in that. Also, don't be afraid to sacrifice grammatical correctness to increase the authenticity. We want to be as authentic as possible because we want real outcomes and real reactions. Now, listen, I know we are a church. We are Christians. We worship the risen God, of course. But do you know that in church, when we're dealing with crisis, we may hear some swear words? I know that may, uh, that may turn some people off. But if the situation requires it, if we're dealing with someone that's unruly or having mental health problems, it may be enough to trigger the student that they hear a cuss word coming from that, uh, from that role player. That may be enough to trigger them to make a good decision 
or maybe make a bad decision. So I'm not saying do it every time. I'm not saying it's carte blanche, do it as much as you want. But I'm saying if the role requires it and it is appropriate based on the, the, the scenario and the location, of course, you don't want to have children's ministry going on while you're out in the hallway trying to do some role playing and you're your drunk is cussing up a storm, right? So understand it is always totality of the circumstances with something like that. But I wanted to illustrate that to you, that that may make some, take somebody aback or off their game or off their track that they were on when they hear something like that, because we typically uh, don't hear that in church and from churched people. So obviously you have to have the right, the right role players for that. Um, so figure that out for yourself. I just wanted to expose that to you. And number six in this, and then we'll get into the eight great reasons for scenario-based learning, we're going to engage their interest. When we do this right, we're engaging the student's interest. They are fully immersed in the training. The learning process is happening, and you will see it and hear it from the students. There's a number of ways you can engage interest. Number One of, one of the best is humor. Inject a little bit of humor in there. Maybe even do uh, during the follow-up or the after action review. Now, if you've been to a training with me, you know I engage in humor a ton throughout my training. It's one of the best tools that we have as instructors. If I can make my students laugh, then I know they're engaged, I know they're listening to me, even at the cost of picking up, now I'm just joking. Carson, I didn't pick on you too much at your training, I don't think, uh, maybe I did, uh, but um, you took it in great stride. <laughs> and I can't wait to get back to you so I can pick on you some more. Ray. You know I'm going to pick on you every time you're around, so don't worry about that. Uh, that's a way that I show love. That's just that's just my uh, little quirk, I guess. So let's now get into the eight. Maybe it's the reason you're here tonight. The eight great, right? We have the eight great of Protectors Toolkit, and tonight's eight great is this, reasons for scenario-based training. The eight great is this. Number one, scenarios allow for a safe place to fail. It provides a safe place for us to mess up, to goof up, to get it wrong in a loving and comforting environment where maybe – uh, the people we're training around are going to laugh at us, and that's okay. Remember, train hard, fight easy. Number two, scenarios accelerate time for us. They accelerate time where we make a decision, implement it, and experience its consequences all within the same exercise. The other great thing, number three, is it decelerates time for us as well if we need to. It allows for the crawl, walk, run phases of learning a new tactic or technique. It allows each step to be broken down into its parts and studied and critiqued. Number four, scenarios trigger our SNS. Woo, that's a big thing, right? SNS, what does that mean, guy? Sympathetic nervous system. It triggers our sympathetic nervous system. This is one of the most important reasons for scenario role-playing or drills. It is to trigger the sympathetic nervous system. This is why I encourage schools all over the nation. When I go train at your schools, I am getting the butts out of seats and I'm making those teachers lock doors. I'm putting some stress and duress underneath them because I'm going to program their brain so their body can follow. Sympathetic nervous system training does just that. It programs the body so the brain can follow. It programs the brain so the body can follow. It creates powerful muscle memory connection to the brain to trigger your long and short-term memory. Number five, scenarios tell a story. Making the story relatable and tying it to reality improves our retention. Number six, scenarios promote critical thinking. Isn't in, in this what we really want from our protectors, from our volunteers? If we're going to empower them to do some thinking on their own and decision-making, that we want them to be critical thinkers. It provides an environment to fully flesh out thoughts and ideas to develop the best outcomes.
Number seven, it offers learner uh, learner centric or student centered approach to the training. The training is built around the outcome that we want the student or students to have. So it is all for them. It shows people how to apply the skills that they acquire in their real life opportunity or jobs and situations rather than merely sitting up there and flipping through slides and presenting theories. Number eight of the eight great here, Protectors Toolkit Scenarios provide shared context. That accelerating community building and bonding through the by the members of your team. We will laugh at each other. We will joke with each other. We will hold each other accountable. And this improves your overall morale of your team. So there you have it. My little take on scenario-based training and learning. We have tabletop uh, exercises for you. Uh, and the already done for you protector plans over protectors toolkit. I expose why and I help you uh, talk through yourself and your team on developing some others. Listen, all you have to do is go to any sort of news outlet that you have to figure out what scenarios we should be we should be training on in churches today. Sadly, we have a lot of examples where it went wrong that we can base our training on. If you're new to protectors toolkit, if you're new to this video, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook hit that like button. Make sure you like us. You know why? Because you're going to get more updates when we have the new content coming out to you. I want you to get it first and at the front as soon as it comes out. So also on the YouTube, hit the subscribe button to Protectors Toolkit uh, YouTube page so you get those notifications. That little bell down there will ding when we have new content for you. Make sure you check out our podcast, Word and a Weapon, podcast Word and a Weapon. This is something that comes from the word that I get into my day or my week and I give it to you. And then also I give you a weapon as a Christian protector, as a warrior you can take within your day-to-day -day walk around. If you want to go over right now to protectorstoolkit.com, protectorstoolkit.com to the membership site. Here you go. Listen up. Promo code Warrior Wednesday. Promo code Warrior Wednesday right now will get you for your first month at only $10. You can rub two Abe Lincolns together to get your membership for this month at $10. Warrior Wednesday is a code for that. We're now booking for our live 2021 in-person classes. Whether you want scenario-based training, you want firearms training for your church, you want de-escalation training for your church, you want to recognize the wolf at your church, whatever it is, we have it for you at Protectors Toolkit. You've got to get in, get in early and get those seats filled. You know why? Because if you fill those seats for us, we're giving you up to $500 grant back to your church. Yes, $500 back to your church, your team, just for hosting a Protectors Toolkit event at your location. Also, we're going to buy lunch. I should probably mention that up front. That's something that's near and dear to my heart. Don't forget also to go over and get the Warrior Wisdom book for all your note-taking needs, whether it's podcasts, whether it's radio shows, whether it's training and learning like this. Warrior Wisdom Journal will help you out with that. Go like and subscribe on all of our social media. If you're looking for a risk assessment, we're doing them virtual for you right now. If you're only meeting virtual or we're doing them in person for you as well. Looking at all the comments right here. I love it. Thanks for another good session. It was all in good fun. Carson Cummings, I know what you're talking about. I can't wait. Uh, we're coming back up there pretty soon. Matter of fact, let me know if, uh, if you guys are ready to host something. We'll come back up there uh, here in the next couple months. All right, Warriors, as I always say, Keep them safe.